Good morning. This morning, I'm going to have you join with me in the reading of scripture, but you need to do it with great intonation and great joy because it's our scripture. So first, let's read from the prophet Isaiah. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. And from our prophet Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And from our New Testament, uh, from the letter of James, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. You did very well. So, if you go back to the beginning of the Bible, we have our creation story. When Adam and Eve do what we all know, they break God's rules, and they gain the knowledge of good and evil, and they're banished from the Garden of Eden, from paradise, and from that early moment, besides creating the beauty and the magnificence of creation, our desire to be like God our desire to know more than we're supposed to know about God had a side effect. The need for the care of the earth and its people. In short, for work. According to this epic story, we did it to ourselves, folks. Adam and Eve are just symbols of each of us. We could all be living in paradise, but no. As humans, we always want more. To know more to have more, to be more. And because God is God, and because we are not God, and we are not meant to be God, the atoms of the world are sent to work the land, and the eaves to work for the family. And ever since, work has been an integral part of humanity's existence. From hunters and gatherers, to farmers and merchants, to craftsmen and fishermen, to investment bankers and lawyers, to teachers and doctors. And although a specific number is hard to find, it's estimated that humans work at more than 40,000 different professions. 40,000. Here's 10 of them. A Marmite taster. Marmite's a British product, similar to Vegemite, but it's made out of yeast extracted from the beer brewing process. So your job is just to taste it and make sure it tastes okay. It does not. <laughs> you could be a professional sleeper, a person who tests out the comforts of mattress and literally gets to sleep. 
You could be a full-time Netflix watcher. A real Netflix job whose responsibility it is to watch all Netflix content and categorize it into its proper grouping. You could be a train pusher in Japan. This person's job is to cram as many people into the train car by pushing them from the outside so the train doors will close. You could be a professional mourner hired in Southeast Asia because a large and mournful funeral will assist the dead as they travel to the afterlife. You could be a drying paint watcher. <laughs> a person who watches to see how long new paint mixes take to dry and watch for the changes in texture and color. You could be a dog food taster. No more said. You could be an odor judge, a person hired to smell, and I'm not kidding, the effectiveness of odors used in products for the breath, feet, and armpits. You could be a snake milker. Again, not anything else to say about that. And in Key Largo, Florida, there's an underwater hotel, the Jules Undersea Lodge, which is accessible only by scuba diving. And you could be the scuba dive, diving pizza delivery person. So today at SCC, we celebrate Mission Sunday, and we celebrate the wonderful work that all of you, our agencies that we love, do. And your work is varied, and it is complex, and it is hard, and it is heartwarming. It is sometimes heartbreaking at the same time. And all of you, our guests today, are doing amazing work. And you're not doing it for your own gain. You are doing it for the better of society. So I want to take a moment to introduce all of the Southport Church people. To those of you who have joined us today on what is probably one of your only days off, so we thank you for that. And so I'm actually just, when I mention your organization, if you could just kind of stand and wave and then you can sit back down, it will at least give everyone a face to, um, to associate with so they can talk with you after. So our first organization, Guy Love Runs. Guy we have known for decades and decades. He's from St. George's Community Suppers. He couldn't be here, but I am going to ask Hetty Mosier to stand up because our program is run by Hetty. There she is in the back. She hates that. Um, but St. George's is a program we've supported for more than 30 years, and we currently provide a bagged meal which feeds 60 hungry people of Bridgeport on the third Monday of every month. Helping out with one of those meals is a great way for an individual or a family to participate in helping to end hunger in Bridgeport. We welcome Amanda Posilla from the Center for Family Justice, Connecticut's first family justice center, which offers streamlined crisis services to survivors of abuse. They have a staff of 50 professionals who offer free, confidential, bilingual crisis services that help all people impacted by domestic violence, sexual violence, and child abuse. And they help them to restore and rebuild their lives. They provide these free confidential services at no cost to more than 4,000 individuals impacted by abuse each year. And our SEC church member, Rochelela, serves on their board. 
We welcome Paula Shakespeare from Emerge. We have been part of Emerge since its beginnings. Emerge is a home for domestic abuse survivors and their children. It was started by our friend Donna Jackson. Emerge offers a safe place for these women to live temporarily as well as permanent supportive housing options, all while providing in-house programs, including rehabilitation programs, counseling, parenting skills, employment assistance, and money management classes to ensure a successful future. Besides our yearly giving to Emerge, um, we help out with Thanksgiving and Christmas food baskets, pajamas for the moms and kids, and we give toys from our giving tree to Emerge. We are also thrilled to have representatives from four educational agencies that we support. Horizons at Greens Farms Academy and Sacred Heart University. I'm gonna talk about each of you separately, so hang on. The Southport School and Adam J. Lewis Academy. Our own church member, Christina Whitaker, is the Executive Director of Horizons at Greens Farms Academy. She couldn't be here today as she just gave birth to her second son last week, but we are thrilled to have Diana Boylace here. And we are also thrilled to have from Sacred Heart University Horizons Program, Mary Wanyo, Program Coordinator, and Amanda Baez, the Operations Manager. Both of these programs provide access and opportunity to underserved Bridgeport students from pre-K to college through a six-week summer program, monthly Saturday academies, and throughout the school year. These, are two program, these two programs combined serve 440 children each year, successfully closing gaps and opportunities so youth from the Bridgeport families can live empowered and choice-filled lives. This past summer, we put together 175 backpacks full of school supplies for the students in the GFA program, and we made a $5,000 donation to the Sacred Heart program. Church members Brad Evans, Paige Tremaine, Alyssa Ryan, Tom Graham, N.J. Berrien all serve on the board of directors of, of one of these horizons, and a number of our youth throughout the years have served as summer counselors. We welcome uh, neighbor Julie Mombello, co-founder of Adam J. Lewis Academy. We know a lot about Adam J. Lewis Academy, but just to refresh, it is an elementary school located in the heart of Bridgeport, which opens its doors to any student, regardless of the ability to pay, and provides a social-emotional, child-driven education. It is an amazingly loving and caring school environment, and it began just a few years ago as a single pre-K classroom. And it is now a pre-K through fifth grade academy with a grade being added each year until it will be a pre-K through eighth grade school. And besides an annual gift to AJLA, we have also provided winter break activity bags, games, food, take home hot Thanksgiving meals from Little Pub during COVID, school supplies, fleece jackets, I think lots of other things, and church members Linda Murphy and Christy Ball both work there at Adam J. Lewis. We have Dan McAuliffe here. Dan is the executive director of Shepherds. 
Shepherds is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. It is a program for inner city teens that provides a private high school education to 61 students, 42 in Bridgeport attending Colby Cathedral and School, and 19 in New Haven attending Notre Dame High School. This program shares academic and life skills through the support of a committed Shepherds mentor to each student. And in our church family, Susan Terry, Ellery Malkin, Havlin Whitcomb, Andrew Malkin, and Sadna Joliet are all mentors to Shepherd students, and Tim Stewart serves on its board of directors. SCC donations finance two of these students' tuitions in this program. Another school program that we support is the Southport School. Um, we support the Southport School's Mountain Workshop, stand on up Katie, for the eighth grade and we are pleased to have Katie Half here from TSS. The Southport School, formerly Eagle Hill, is located in the historic Pequot School building where I might add many members of our church attended there as an elementary school. The Pequot School was closed in 1972 and was acquired by the Southport Conservancy. It's now a school for children in grades two through eight who struggle with language-based learning difficulties like dyslexia and ADHD. Many of our church members are board members or former board members, including Frank Wendt, Barbara Evans, Hugh Smith, Larry Hughes, Laura Wilbur, Harriet Wiswell, T. Hawkins, Paul Ducey, and many more. And we have two church members, Kylie Palmer and Audra Hogue, who are currently teachers there. And our missions board is honored to continue more than 50 years of support to the Southport School. And wrapping up our agencies that work on, focus on education, we welcome Michael in from Mercy Learning Center in Bridgeport. Mercy Learning Center provides basic literacy and life skills training to women with low income using a holistic approach within a compassionate, supportive environment. Women study English, math, science, civics, and computers. They receive employment and life skills, have a child care center, and they end up receiving their GEDs. Mercy Learning Center has had many church members supported over the years, including Barbara Evans, Les Miller, who taught civics, and Christina Whitaker, who was on staff there, and many others. And they are recipients of school supplies, stop and shop gift cards, diapers, um, along with their yearly donation and donations from the carousel for their women and children. Speaking of children, Simply Smiles is an organization we've supported since its inception more than 20 years ago. It is committed to helping children who live in poverty have the same benefits that other children do, namely a safe place to sleep, food on the table, access to education. They have run programs on the Cheyenne River Indian Reservation and currently in Oaxaca, Mexico. Church member Karen Jones is uh, the chairman of the board. She is representing Simply Smiles today. And other church members, Ivan Lusek and Christiana Whitcomb, all serve on the board of directors. Charles Grady, are you here? Did has Charles wait? There he is. The Charles Grady has brought two friends along with him, I believe. Charles uh, and his friends are here from Hang Time, Her Time, a grassroots program Charlie created to foster community and to give voice to men and women who are ex-offenders and or recently released citizens who have been silenced or unheard for far too long. Their clientele include people who have been involved in gang or group violence who are looking for a new way of life, as well as people who suffer from post-traumatic and present stress disorder, resulting from urban violence. 
Our missions board funds meal for this group every other month. Church members Hetty Mosier, Robin Marshlow, and Adrian and Bob McGuffey organize these meals. This is another shameless plug. It is a great opportunity for you to support this program. You can purchase some of the food needed for a meal or help prepare the meal. Also doing great work in Bridgeport is our friend Vince Santilli. Vince is the CEO and executive director, he's in the back there, of Homes for the Brave, uh, an organization for female and male veterans who need assistance with housing and services necessary to help them return to a productive and meaningful life. They offer clinical services, vocational services, and veteran services to any vet in need or in danger of becoming homeless. In addition, they, run, uh, they own and run the new Waldorf House in Bridgeport, which is a permanent supportive housing program. Um, that they run the Homes for the Brave home, and they also have the Madeiras home, which is a home for female soldiers, forgotten heroes, which is Connecticut's first and only community-based transitional home exclusively for homeless female veterans and their young children. And if you think that's all that Vince has been doing in the past few years, you'll be wrong. He recently opened another home in West Haven near the VA hospital to provide more services to veterans in need. And not only does this church provide yearly financial support, we supply meals when needed. In the past, we helped create a vegetable garden. And uh, each Thanksgiving, we provide a new winter jacket to each client there. And speaking of jackets... We welcome Pastor Larry Fullerton and his wife Susan from Bridgeport Rescue Mission. Pre-COVID, we helped yearly with the Great Thanksgiving Giveaway, purchasing new coats for adults and children and offering hands-on help from many of our congregants. Um, Doug Goodman would go every year and offer prayers, and many of us went and um, served as personal shoppers with the clients. But now each year, we donate new coats at Thanksgiving time to their donation center, which along with their community pantry, meals program, recovery programs, housing and behavioral and medical services, um, they provide to the homeless population in Bridgeport. For more than 30 years, they have been committed to meeting people where they are at and providing services that help lift them out of these unhealthy situations. We are always happy to have with us Susan, Susan Schnitzer. Susan, did Susan make it from Siri? Siri is uh, Connecticut Institute for Refugees and Immigrants. It's been in action, folks, for more than 100 years. Um, and they work to strengthen the lives of refugees, immigrants, survivors of sex trafficking and torture, and unaccompanied minors. Um, we provide them uh, financial support, cribs, mattresses, bedding, and teddy bears to families who arrive with an infant, as well as giving them gifts from the giving tree. We also welcome Teresa Lefebvre, Program Manager from the Burroughs Community Center here in Bridgeport, a building for programs, partners, and people that can use its facility resources and help build stronger relationships and stronger community. Uh, and both Siri and Hangtime Her Time, right, use Burroughs to run their programs, and SCC provides financial support to them in their mission work. We also welcome our friend Carla Miklos from Operation Hope, 
For the past 16 years, Carla has been the executive director. Operation Hope was formed in 1986 when local residents and churches became aware of individuals in the community unable to meet their own basic needs of food and shelter. Clergy and lay leaders worked together to provide food and emergency shelter. And many of those uh, early, early workers were from our church. Now serving the community for more than 30 years, they offer programs and services focused on eliminating hunger and homelessness and are designed to help people solve the crisis and build stability uh, um, in their own lives. We support the Operation Hope Pantry with a financial donation as well as food donations um, for food drives to creating frozen meals. It has been a substantial donation for over the years, and many of our church members, including Lisa Ducey and Stuart Tillman, have served on their board of directors, and Paul Whitmore uh, years ago served as board president. So we here at SCC could not do what we do if each of you were not doing what you do. So we thank you all for caring and loving the people who need you. And I speak for Paul and our Missions Outreach Board and our entire church family when I say it is an honor and humbling to serve beside you, all of you, and to be able to support your work that you do. So thank you very much. So now getting back to our scripture. That was just the intro to my sermon. I, I got another 30 minutes to go here, so <laughs> hang tight. So in our scripture from James, who, by the way, is widely understood to be Jesus' brother, he reminds us that words are one thing, but actions are what have the greatest impact. And then he says the same is true with faith. Faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Those are some hard words. Wasn't one of the major premises of the entire Protestant Reformation based on the idea that we are justified by faith alone? Wasn't Martin Luther fighting against the Catholic Church's claim that it's by works that we receive salvation? Yep. But here's the important part. While faith alone will save us, acting upon that faith is what we are called to do, called by Christ to do. He says it so many times in so many ways. He, Jesus says, love your neighbor, feed my sheep. What greater gift has a person than to lay down their life for their neighbor? Let your light shine so that others can see your good works and give glory to God. Whatever you did for the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. If we are people of faith, we don't have to do good works. We will want to do good works. We will want to step out of our comfort zone. We will want to give up a Sunday football game to help someone. We will want to donate as much as we can, as often as we can, for the help of our neighbor. 
We will make sure that our children learn the importance of giving, even if it means standing up against a sports world that penalizes faith in action. We will volunteer, changing our mindset from, oh, I'm just too busy to volunteer, to I'm too faithful not to volunteer. Having faith means we want to help other people. We need to do good. We want to care for those who are hungry, those who are homeless, abused, ignored, struggling, sick, or just lonely. And we may never be given awards for our work or even be given thanks. But that's not why we should be doing good works. There is no reward needed in faithful giving. There is no honor, no plaque, no award needed when you are living out your faith. We do good works because it's the right thing to do. And sure, living out our faith may not make us popular. We may at times be ridiculed, questioned, pressured to do other things, fought by political entities. Sometimes doing good works means that others will criticize your work. They will laugh at you. They will bully you. But as each of our agency reps here today, I think might agree, not doing this work just isn't an option. The headaches, the tears, the frustration, the sleepless nights, the countless hours worrying about the next budget are all worth it when the work is done and the people are helped. Because we believe in a God of love, because we believe in a God of justice, we continue on living out God's love, working towards God's justice. Because if not us, then who? We are the ones who are called to continue these good works. We are called to take a moment in our lives to pause and to consider, where is God calling me to help? What gifts has God given to me that I can put to use for the betterment of others? How can I allow the spirit to move within me so that I do something outside of myself that makes our world just a little bit better for someone else? How can I say no to God's call to care for this world and these people? How can I say, here I am, Lord, and live out my faith? James asks us, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? So today, on this beautiful Mission Sunday, we give thanks to God for all the good works, all the hard work, all the sacrifices made by everyone in this sanctuary. And I think I speak for Jesus when he said, well done, you good and faithful servants. Amen.